It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops heads, welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, April 18th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Thanks for listening today. It's an off day for the Warriors, but still plenty of basketball last night and to come. Also, news on Kawhi Leonard and potentially Donovan Mitchell, who suffered an injury in game one as a game time decision for tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. LeBron has his test after shitting the bed against the Indiana Pacers in Game 1. Game 2 will be all about the bounce back and how good is Victor Oladipo. Excited for that game. Then, of course, there is Houston and Minnesota. Minnesota so close to winning that game, Game 1, despite poor efforts from Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. Last night, the Wizards lost... Poor guys. The Bucks lost. I was rooting for you, Bucks. And the Portland Trailblazers lost. It's two straight. So it's looking like potentially a second round matchup for the Warriors with the New Orleans Pelicans, who are playing out of their goddamn minds. Led by Anthony Davis, who cannot be stopped, at least not by the Portland Trailblazers, who threw Nurkic at him. Al Farouk Aminu, too small. Nurkic, too slow. What are they going to do? And then not only that, Drew Holiday playing out of his mind and playoff rondo 17 assists in game one and continuing his strong play in game two so we're gonna cover the nba in the third segment in the first segment obviously i'm gonna talk warriors gonna take a look at the latest news coming out of the organization and see if there's any adjustments that need to be made spoiler probably not in the second segment i'll be talking about Kawhi leonard because this is an interesting interesting subject and I do want to get into it a little bit more. The question is, what does Kawhi want? And how can we find out? I want to know. I want to know what Kawhi wants. Nobody knows. I know what the Spurs want. The Spurs want this whole situation to be better, and they want Kawhi on the floor. Except that's the, what the organization wants. It's not necessarily what the players want. The players are like, good riddance. It's crazy. Report came out that... Kawhi routinely goes weeks without responding to texts from his teammates. What's that all about, I wonder? And we'll get into that in the second segment. You're listening to Locked On Warriors. We're available on iTunes, iOS, Spotify, and Google Play, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com and LockedOnSports.com. Make sure you bookmark those pages. We're also available on Facebook at LockedOnDubs and LockedOnNBANet. You can get in touch with me via Twitter at LockedOnDubs or at Kogitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. It means to think in Latin. Stay thoughtful. I try to stay thoughtful, particularly when I'm writing for Forbes.com. 
I write at the intersection of sports, business, and community impacts for the Sports Money blog at Forbes. I'll keep you posted on when I have new stories coming out. I'm based here in the Bay Area, in Oakland, and so a lot of my stories do have to do with the Warriors, and I'll definitely keep you posted when I have Warriors-related stories going on. I also grew up in Oakland, been going to Warriors games since I was nine years old. Big, big Warriors fan going all the way back to Antoine Jameson's rookie year. And I just love basketball. So I'll be here with you throughout the entirety of the playoffs, making sure that we're all on the same page here at Locked On Warriors. Now let's get into the latest news from the Warriors organization. First, we know Stephen Curry is not going to return until at least the second round. And Steve Kerr, after game two, said, I thought in the first half they took us off everything, and so our default when we're not running our offense is go to KD because he's our best player. I give them credit for taking us out of our offense. You know, we got disjointed there, but I thought we did a much better job in the second half. We only had four turnovers, and the ball started to move. I thought we just stayed with it. Durant was asked if he takes pride in scoring a quiet 32 points. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big screamer anymore, Durant said. I don't know about that. He, he could scream with the best of them. I don't beat my chest anymore, so after every shot, I just run down the court to get back on defense, which he has been doing. I can make it a loud 32 if I really wanted to, I guess, but that would take a lot of energy out of me. I'm not really flashy with how I play anymore. I just try to look for the best shot and be simple and easy with my game. I guess fly under the radar a little bit, but I'm glad I could put points on the board for our team to try to help our team as much as I can. And he is the team's best player. Even with Stephen Curry on the floor, it's possible to say that Kevin Durant is the team's best player, though Steph is the team's most important player. He's just, and he being KD, such a, an efficient and effortless scorer and plays just an absolutely beautiful game. And we needed every single one of those 32 points, particularly the 17 he scored in the first half. And the thing about KD is he's been doing it all season. The playoffs are a different animal, and obviously the Warriors have flipped a switch, particularly on the defensive end. But KD has been this consistent for the entire season. He only averaged 26 points a game. You expect that to go up in the playoffs. But the rest of the team really has flipped a switch this Warriors team is completely different than what we saw in the regular season on particularly the defensive end of the ball. They're just active. Their hands are active. Their feet are active. They're getting on the floor for loose balls, which they really didn't do in the regular season. Mostly, I'm imagining, to avoid injury. And because, you know, when you're going to the finals every single year, you got to pick your spots. But once you get to the playoffs, every spot is your spot. So you go harder. They went on a 22-10 run in the second half of Game 2. And Klay Thompson scored 16 points in the fourth. Klay Thompson, how special has he been for most of the entire season, efficiency-wise? So efficient. And now his usage is going up, his shots are going up, and the efficiency has stayed the same, if not even better. So with Klay, there was definitely a switch and... He's still playing with that thing on his hand because his hand is broken, or it was. And he's still shooting the lights out. And so that, to me, says he really wants that championship. And something tells me he wants the championship for Oakland. I've had conversations with Clay in the past. He feels 
a strong affinity for Oakland and wants to see another parade down Broadway. And I don't blame him. You know, the Warriors are moving to San Francisco in a couple of years, a year and change now. So two more chances for parades down Broadway and rallies by the lake before the team moves to San Francisco. And more than that, Clay just wants to win for the Warriors. Obviously, he wants to win. Everybody wants to win on the team. But the switch that they've turned on, the fact that they're playing basically the best defense in the playoffs so far after settling in at ninth in defensive efficiency for the season. You know, it's like they are who we thought they are in that they can be the best team on both sides of the ball. And I think this is what we can see going forward. What we're going to see going forward is regular seasons where they're happy to get in the 50s, maybe get 60, maybe they have the number one seed, maybe they don't but they can't play crazy and go hard like they've been the last few years, especially that 73-9 and year. Like I've said in the past, they peaked in March during that year, and that's no bueno. They didn't have energy, and they were a little injured to be able to turn on the switch in the playoffs, and they were still good in the playoffs, and they still made it to the finals, and they still had three chances to win the championship. But when they take their time in the regular season, You know, they had to get their rotations right. They dealt with injuries and they just couldn't go as hard. It just wouldn't be smart to go as hard as they had gone in the past few seasons. Just because the potential of not making the finals, like that's the most important thing. The regular season is not important. They were not shy, the Warriors that is, about going for the wins record in 2015-2016. But they did it. All right, you did it. You're the best regular season team ever. Now go win the championship again and again and again and again. That is where the true mark of greatness will lie. That is what history will remember, particularly because they lost that finals. So nobody cares about 73-9 and after they lost that finals. But coming in at 58 wins and making it to the finals and winning the finals, people will remember that. They're not going to remember the 58 wins, just like they won't care about the 73 wins. All that matters is that they lost, and this year all that will matter is that they won, if they win. And the road is only going to get harder from here. It's going to be either Portland or more likely the New Orleans Pelicans in the second round, and the Pelicans are playing out of their minds. We're going to get to them in the third segment. But in the second segment, we're going to talk about Kawhi Leonard. There's some weird stuff going on in San Antonio. Stay tuned. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and HP. 
At CDW, we get that an unsecured laptop can put your company's data at risk, making you a little paranoid. I'm not paranoid. You're paranoid. CDW can implement a secure mobility solution using the HP EliteBook with Intel 8th Generation Processors and SureView Privacy to protect your screen from prying eyes. Did you follow me here? IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash HP security. What was that? And we're back and we're talking Kawhi Leonard. There was a report that came from the Sacramento Bee. Basically said the communication, this is Pau Gasol saying this to the Sacramento Bee, to Eileen Boysen. Communication between Kawhi Leonard and some of his San Antonio Spurs, Spurs teammates has become strained. Pau Gasol says that Leonard communicates with some teammates but leaves others in the dark. Boyson initially reported that Leonard wouldn't respond to the Spurs messages for weeks at a time. And this is his teammates, not, not, not like team officials. This is people he plays with. According to Boyson, Spurs head coach Greg Popovich will entertain trading Leonard if he's unable to improve Leonard's relationship with the franchise. But even more recently, a report came out that basically said that the Spurs are not parting ways they're signaling that they won't part ways with Kawhi Leonard. This comes from Mark Stein at the New York Times. Says they continue to give off signals behind the scenes that Leonard won't be dealt this summer. He only appeared in nine games because of that tendinopathy in his quad. And you just have to wonder, what's going through Kawhi's mind if he's not communicating with his teammates? Does he want to leave? Does he want to go somewhere? There are rumors that LeBron has been talking to Kawhi about going to the Sixers together. You know, uh, Miles Johnson, my roommate, good friend, frequent guest on this podcast, uh, basically said he doesn't think the Sixers should make a move, but that those rumors definitely show that there's some hesitation on Kawhi's part to stay with the San Antonio Spurs. You've got to postulate based on his silence, that there is some hesitation, that he hasn't really doubled down on saying, I want to be a Spur for life. He did say that, but he wasn't super convincing with it. He's got one year left on his deal after this year. And if the Spurs are going to trade him, they have to trade him somewhere where he would be willing to resign. And so, you know, who is that? Who, what is that team if the Spurs do do that in the first place? And my second point is even if he does come back to the Spurs, there's no guarantee that he and LaMarcus Aldridge are going to be able to coexist. Obviously, LaMarcus had this amazing season without Kawhi, and he had two seasons in San Antonio with Kawhi where he was uncomfortable. And Pop was able to convince him that, that to stay, and obviously it was big for him to stay, but he played without Kawhi for all but nine games, and that was how he was able to be the star on the team to be to get another all-star and to you know be at the at the at the end of that MVP conversation honestly he has been an MVP candidate this year uh, but there's no guarantee that he can play with Kawhi and be as good he's had trouble with that so what do the Spurs do next and obviously they're still in the playoffs they have to win a game they have to play in san antonio tomorrow and on sunday they have things that they're thinking about that aren't Kawhi leonard but Kawhi has definitely been ruled out for the rest of the playoffs and it's going to be interesting to see what happens after knock on wood the warriors beat the spurs 
And the last point I want to make before we move around the NBA is just you've got to wonder about Kawhi's mental state, not being able to play basketball, not feeling comfortable going out on the court. Basketball is his life. And so I imagine the lack of communication leaving some teammates in the dark. I, I mean, could, could he be depressed is, is my question. Um, you know, with, with the injury and everything like that, uh, you know, I've seen depression. I've seen it around. I've seen it in my life. And from afar, you know, obviously not a uh, professional diagnosis. And obviously, you know, he definitely will take care of himself to the point that he feels he needs to be taken care of. But the lack of communication, the, you know, kind of hermitage uh, that he's, you know, the, the he sequestered himself. That's the word I'm looking for, sequester, uh, in New York and is dealing with his own people. Uh, but how much is he even dealing with those people and how much time is he spending alone? That's my question. I just wonder if Kawhi is just so unhappy that you could call it a depression. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I am of the mind that when a player is, you know, out of commission, uh, the last thing that we should do is scrutinize them to the point that they're like, you know, he he's not looking good right now. Kawhi's not looking good in the court of public opinion. And I'm just sitting here thinking, well, what is his state of mind? What's going through his head? Uh, does Is he making plans? Are, are, are the wheels turning or does he feel stagnant? Um, is he feeling anxious? Is the media circus around him? Obviously, he loves his privacy. Is that making him anxious? You know, so I have all these questions. And obviously, we can't answer those questions unless Kawhi comes out and speaks. And he won't. We can basically, you know, put that uh, request to bed. Kawhi is going to keep to himself. But I just think that jumping to quick conclusions about what kind of person Kawhi is is definitely dangerous. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for a trip around the NBA. But first, I want to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. Podcasts are hot right now, and Locked On Warriors is no different. If your company is looking to advertise to a connected audience between the ages of 18 and 49, look no further than Locked On Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we have all the tools to get your products out to your target demographic. So get at me. Hit me up at alicocarter11 at gmail.com and I'll give you all the details. You got nothing to lose. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the Old Fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. And we're back, and we're going around the NBA. I want to start with Anthony Davis. After scoring 35 points to go along with 14 rebounds, four blocks, two steals, 
and an assist to boot in game one against the Portland Trailblazers. Anthony Davis followed that up with a 22-point, 13-rebound, two-block, two-steal performance, including four offensive rebounds, doing work on the offensive boards, and leading the Pelicans to two wins in Portland over the Trailblazers. And Anthony Davis is just special. He is one of the probably top five players in the league, showing it right now, 9 of 18 for his 22 points uh, in the second game after going 14 for 26 in the first game. Didn't need 20 shots to get the win in this one. A little bit closer. It was a 97-95 win in the first game, and they needed every single one of those 35 points from Anthony Davis. Second game, a little bit less difficult to get through. 111-102 New Orleans. And it's about the supporting cast as well. Nikola Miritich, 3 of 7 from 3, 6 of 11. Rajon Rondo, 2 of 3 from 3, and made a big shot late uh, in the first game. And also had 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Playoff Rondo is real. He's not going anywhere. He played 38 minutes. 38 minutes for Drew Holiday. 39 minutes for Nikola Miritich. Coach Alvin Gentry has shortened his rotations, getting 40 minutes out of his main guys. And Terry Stotts has done something similar, 40 minutes for Dame and 39 for C.J. McCollum. Al Farouk Aminu's playing a lot of minutes, Evan Turner. No Myers Leonard, interestingly, but Zach Collins getting those minutes, hopefully for his defense and his ability to stretch the floor. He was only 2 of 7 from 3, 1 of 7 for Dame in that game. Three of eight for CJ and Al Farouk Aminu was the only person to be efficient. Four of six and five of ten from the field overall. Mo Harkless, though, playing very well, five of five. And this team is getting bottled up at the guard position on the defensive end. Dame and CJ just can't seem to get their games going. And especially Dame, seven of 18 in the game last night. You can expect him to bounce back, and he loves playing on the road. Let's be honest. Damian Lillard has ice water in his veins. He'll be going to New Orleans thinking, we're going to take this game, one game at a time. But you can, not, you can imagine that he's not going to have 17 points in this next game, as he had in Game 2, and only 18 points in Game 1. He'll shoot better. But the question is, is there going to be an answer for Anthony Davis on the defensive end? Al Farouk Aminu's too small, Myers Leonard not playing, and uh, what, Zach Collins, Yusuf Nurkic? Yusuf Nurkic, not a bad defensive player, too slow for Anthony Davis. And he's got to play better, only took seven shots in the game. He's supposed to be their featured big. He did have 11 rebounds, but only 11 points, he's got to play better. Moving on, LeBron is playing tonight. He blamed the roster shakeup for the playoff difficulties that the Cavaliers are having. Obviously, it's just one game, but they came out flat. And here's what LeBron had to say about that, per ESPN's Dave McMenamin. I think we spent so much time trying to figure out who we were in the regular season and getting the right lineups and guys in and out and things of that nature, we could never build for the playoffs. It was kind of like build for the next game. So the postseason finally hit us, and it hit us very well. And I think that that can be the best teacher for us to know exactly what we should be ready for tonight. And he's absolutely right. And he'll be ready for 
Victor Oladipo, who is amazing and controlled the game with aplomb in the first game and ready for the rest of that team, ready for the Indiana Pacers, who are better than the sum of their parts. They're extremely well coached. They play within themselves and they dictated everything in that game. The Cavaliers dictated nothing. LeBron has to be the dictator that we know he is, that we know and love, if the Cavaliers are going to get out of the first round. And could this be the season that LeBron's seven-year streak of finals appearances is broken? That's the question that we have for the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's about as much time as we have for the day. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be previewing the game against the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. I'll be talking about other teams that are doing well, including the Toronto Raptors, who I haven't spent a lot of time talking about, and also the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are playing tonight against the Jazz. A lot of good basketball tonight. Of course, LeBron and then also Houston and Minnesota in the nightcap. We'll see if Houston can bounce back from their subpar performance, needing every one of James Harden's 44 points to beat Minnesota. Enjoy tonight's basketball and stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you are looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.